podcast. Hey, everybody on our podcast, there's a lot of you. If you will set, just email us at um, office at wapitandnewlife.org. Um, we would love to hear from you. Give us some contact information. We have a wonderful gift for you. We have a movie we want to send to you. Um, and for those in the congregation, if you have not received your copy of the Jesus movie, um, I have one for you. Um, I think everybody else got one. Maybe one person, one family didn't get one yet. And so, um, but for those on the podcast, we would love to send that to you because there's so many of you who tune in and listen about Jesus. And we're not asking for anything. We just want to be able to give you a free gift because we love you. And, uh, and so, uh, and if you would love to, just subscribe and we'll be there for you all the time. And uh, praise the Lord. Amen. Tonight I want to talk about something wonderful. The wondrous cross. The wondrous cross. When I see the wondrous cross, hallelujah, I see victory. When I see the wondrous cross, I see mercy. Hallelujah. That's why we prayed for Jeremy and, uh, and, and Marilyn tonight. We want to see them have the Lord have mercy and heal them. There's nothing worse than a migraine. I believe that when Jesus was dying on the cross, he gave old Satan a migraine <laughs> because <laughs> the Bible is very clear. When he would die, Satan would bruise his heel. That's it. But Jesus would bruise his head. In fact, some say it says crack his skull. And so um, he's had a 2,000-year-old migraine. Why do you think he goes around like a roaring lion to see who he can devour? Because Jesus gave him a 2,000-year migraine. Can you, anybody who's suffered from a migraine can know they are not fun. I know firsthand they're not. When I see the wondrous cross, I see something also wonderful besides mercy. I see grace. Oh, the grace. Aren't we glad we have grace from the Father? When I see the wondrous cross, I see forgiveness. What did Jesus say from the cross? Forgive them because they have no clue. Oh, actually, he said, forgive them for they don't know what they do. But really, if he was talking today, he might say they don't have a clue. And so forgive them, Lord. But most of all, when I see the wondrous cross, I see our loving Savior. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I praise you, Lord, for the wondrous cross. Lord, help us to stop trying so hard in our own strength. Help us to realize that you already provided the strength we need at the cross. Help us, Lord, to come to the cross and, and, and understand that through the cross and the shedding of your blood, you have sanctified us when we were saved so we can live that sanctified life. Help us, Lord Jesus, to surrender all to you. Because, Lord, when we survey the wondrous cross, we cannot help but to shout and sing and praise your name. 
Lord, thank you for this message tonight and for the anointing that's here. And Lord, we pray that you're going to bring revival, Lord. Revival not just to our church, but to our community, Lord. And a revival that will turn into a great awakening that will sweep through the Red River Valley all the way to Winnipeg, Lord, and beyond. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. For Lord Jesus, we need you this very hour. Lord, there's some, uh, there's some here tonight that need more of you tonight. Lord, there's some here tonight that need your strength. Lord, there's some here tonight that need an answer to their prayers. And Lord, we thank you that when you did the work on the cross, you already carried our burdens there and our sickness and our disease. And Lord, you declared it is finished. And so thank you, Lord, for your healing and your touch in Jesus' name. And thank you for your anointing. Amen and amen. Oh, my word, it is such a wonderful night to be alive, to get excited about Jesus. That excitement that started last night in prayer meeting has just bubbled over into today. I don't know how it, I'm sorry, I don't want to, I'm not putting any judgment here, I'm not putting anything, I just don't know how you can stay away from prayer meeting. I just, I, I, it just doesn't make, especially when God is moving. My word, Jason and I went into the other room to do our foot washing and left the women behind. My word, uh, women are just efficient, I guess, when it comes to praying. But we went over and we were getting so blessed. And by the way, not only did Hal, not only did they get done doing the foot washing, praying for each other, but they got done praying for everything that was brought in that night. And we come back and we're going, you're done already? How can that be? Yep, we're done. We were efficient. We just got right down to business. We said, Lord! Yeah, so one of the women was like that. They, they became a, a, the old-time Pentecostal preacher. Lord! Touch these needs. No, they didn't do that. But they really, they really got down to business. They didn't waste time. And, and, and when you got somebody in the room like Karen praying, I mean, she could pray fast. I mean, you might think she's got a lot to say, but she can take an hour's prayer and do it in five minutes because she knows how to speed pray. I mean, she doesn't waste time. She just gets right to it. And what a blessing. What a blessing last night. And, and then tonight, to come and view the cross of what Jesus did for us so that we could be saved. How awesome is that? So let's take these things one by one. First, when we go to the cross, we find victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58 says, But thanks be to God. Okay, come on, now we're going to get even happier because it says thanks be to God. Whenever it says thanks be to God, we need to get thankful. You know what? If we stop being so sourpussed, you know, maybe we need to stop eating all that sour candy. You know, we stop being sourpussed and get more thankful. Start thanking God for your children. I know they drive you up the wall, but start thanking God for your children. Come on. Start thanking God for that job. Start thanking God for that car that you can't wait to trade in, but you have it right now, and, and it's, still, it's still rolling, and it's not a Flintstone mobile yet where you have to knock a hole in the floor to keep it going. But soon and very soon, you're going to get a new car. Hallelujah, amen. But you don't want to get ahead of God. 
Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. What? It says he gives us the victory. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh my word. It says it right here. We have been given victory through Jesus. And how did he, how did he accomplish this for us? At the cross. So let me tell you something you need to start doing. Not only be thankful, but you need to get back to the cross and plead the blood of Jesus and hear him say it is finished. You need to start pleading the blood of Jesus over your kid, over your job, over your life, over your home, over your dog, over your cat, over your salamander. I don't care what it is. Start pleading the blood of Jesus. Start asking the Lord for his protection. Start asking the Lord to move in your life. Start asking the Lord to give you that victory because it says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Paul goes on to say because he knows that we eat too much sour candy. What does he say in the next verse? Therefore, my beloved brethren, he's not chastising us, but he's because he says our, his beloved brethren. My word, if he was, I mean, he with the Corinthians, he could get real frustrated with them. Anybody would be pastoring that church. I mean, some of the things they went on, I mean, in 1 Corinthians, those folks didn't have a clue, did they? I mean, on the way, the, the, the godly men of the church, on the way home from work, they would stop off at the brothel. And they go home to their wives. What? Well, because they thought they could get more grace. They were all confused about the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they could add more grace to their life. Paul says, knock it off. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> in fact, over in Romans, he says, what shall we say then? Over in Romans, shall we continue to sin so that grace may abound? What does he say? God forbid! <laughs> He says it a little softer in 1 Corinthians. By 2 Corinthians, he's gotten straightened out. So here he is, he's calling them brethren. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Ooh. Now, if we are thankful and we are realizing that we have the victory through Jesus, he says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. The Lord's work, not our work, the Lord's work knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Paul's telling us our, our labor is not in vain, so we need to get busy. I did it again. I'm sorry, time I forgot to bring more cards. I, I moved them from where I had them in store and put them in my office. And I did put them where I put them so I would remember to bring more. And I get down here and I look at Lorraine and I said, Oh, I forgot him again. So now I'm going to go ahead and tie him around my head, I guess, so I don't forget. Next month I'm going to have a challenge to make things a little bit more easier. Because, you know, we get all excited about things at first and we start laboring for the Lord, at least here at our church. We get so excited about stuff. My word, we get excited. And then what happens after the excitement? It wanes, and that's what we do. We kind of go, eh. Eh. We kind of drop the So what I'm going to do is starting next month, I'm just going to challenge you just to go out and invite three people a week. How hard is that? Just three people. Just go ahead. Tiny, you can just keep doing what you're doing because you, you can't help yourself. But just, <laughs> just invite three people a week. I mean, when you've got a gift like she does, you just don't want to stifle it. 
And so he says, you know, our labor's not in vain. Uh-oh. Our labor's not in vain, so we need to get busy. And then we see mercy at the cross. Whew. Mercy at the cross. Psalm 51.1 says, oh, you're going to like this, have mercy. Oh, no, it's not Uncle Jesse talking. <laughs> you know, I used to do jokes for the old folks in the church. We hardly have any, so I'm just moving on. <laughs> have mercy upon me, O oh God. According to your loving kindness. Oh, aren't you glad you're loved by the Father? I, I was listening to a preacher this week, and instead of saying our Heavenly Father, you know what he was calling him? Papa. Papa. His dad's a minister. His grandpa was a minister. And now he's been radically saved, and uh, he just calls him Papa. Well, you know what Jesus said? We, Paul say we can call him Abba Father? Isn't that calling him Daddy? Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. And if you think about a loving father, oh my word. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Did you see that? It's tender mercies. Why is it then we act this way when we're trying to be merciful? You better! I don't. I don't do that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but some people do, don't they? It says tender mercies. This word brings healing. And sometimes it is. But he says when it comes to his mercy, it's tender mercies. You see, because God is ten, he has tender mercies to us, he can forgive us easier. You know the problem with Christians today, they don't know how to forgive. I'm going to get ahead of myself, I don't want to, but we're supposed to be merciful. Are we not glad for the mercy of God? Aren't we glad that he was merciful to us so we can be saved? <laughs> All right. All right, Jason. I got a bulletin the other day. Oh, yeah? On everybody here. On all of your secret sins. <laughs> and God told me to read it out loud. To shame you. To shame you into changing. Whoa. Is that mercy? Is there a one perfect person here that's perfect amongst us? No. Only Jesus was the perfect one. So we need to learn to be merciful. Oh my word, I, I've been having so much fun coming to church. Why? Because God's mercy, God's, God's victory has been working. And I love what he's been doing the last several weeks. He's been working on our attitudes. We got to do something. Corey and I were talking earlier today about the autopsy of a 
of the dead church. My word, when I first got here, we were in trouble. But you know what? God wants to give us victory and we're going to have victory. But we need, we need to start taking God seriously. We need to start believing God. We need to start pleading the blood. Lord, I plead the blood over the bills of this church. We need a miracle. And Lord, I also pray that the blood over some of our folks in our church to give them wisdom about their finances. I'm being merciful. Some of us need some wisdom for our finances. And you know what the good, thing, the good news is? If we lack wisdom in any area, what does the Bible say in James? All you have to do is ask who? God, and because he's merciful to us and because he wants to give us victory through Jesus, right? And Jesus already won the victory on the cross for us. He, he says he will give us all the wisdom that we need. Come on. We really don't have to struggle as much as we do in our finances. If we ask God for wisdom, He will help us. He is merciful. And, and, and it was by His mercy that He blots out our sin. It was by the shedding of Christ's blood that won us the mercy of God. And because of that, we receive His grace. And Oh, I'm so glad we have grace from the Lord. If there was no grace, we'd all be in trouble. I mean, I mean, those old cartoons that used to show God zapping people with lightning bolts would be true. <laughs> I'm going to get you. <laughs> no, thank God for God's grace. Amen. That wonderful grace. By the way, has any, does, did anybody earn it? No. You can't earn God's grace. It's a free gift, isn't it? It was won for us by Jesus. Ephesians 2, 8 9 says... For by grace you have been saved through what? Faith. And not of yourselves, it is a gift of who? God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Because of Jesus' work on the cross, we receive what? God's grace. We cannot earn it no matter how good we are. It's undeserved. It is God's gift to us. When we ask Jesus into our hearts. So our boasting. So we, can, we cannot boast in ourselves or our good works. Oh my word. I'm going to make it more real. Because everybody now, especially some, some of you now have those newfangled phones that take them pictures. <laughs> Almost everybody here now has their, their smartphones. We cannot post a selfie. It says not, we can't boast in ourselves, can we, for the grace that we received? So you can't post a selfie. We're so self-centered today. We, we go ahead and we take pictures of our food. <laughs> right? We take pictures of our cat. <laughs> Even when nobody wants to see what our cat looks like. We take pictures of ourselves in the bathroom. 
You know, well, there's a reason because that's where the mirror is. <laughs> Don't you ever see that? Well, look at your, your nieces and nephews and grandchildren's Facebook pages or Snapchat or whatever they're on or, you know, they stand in front of the mirror looking cool and they go, you see the phone in their hand and they go, yep, that looks good. Because they can get the reflection of themselves. How many people this year have died because they were taking selfies? One girl was taking a selfie. She wanted to get a better angle <clears throat> at the Grand Canyon. So she thought, I need to step back one more step. And she took her selfie as she was going, ah, being Wiley Coyote. No, she never pushed the button because she dropped her phone as she went flying through the air and that was the end of her. Our selfie is not going to get us into heaven. You better post a picture of the cross and, and boast in the cross. For our boasting is only in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. For by grace we are saved. Can you say amen? amen. And then in the cross we find forgiveness. Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sin according to the, to the riches of His grace. Did you see that? According to the riches of His grace. So, why is it today it's so hard? We have to fight with Christians to do the basic Christian things. How many Christians don't even read their Bibles and they have several in their homes? How many Christians are too busy to pray? How many Christians will put binge-watching the Game of Thrones <clears throat> before the worship of Jesus? I just use that because that's what everybody's been binge-watching lately. <laughs> I'm not talking about people in our church. I'm just talking about the general public has been, you know, because that's the big thing. You mean you're not paying attention to what people are doing? How are you going to reach them for Christ? My word. They're all worried about who's going to take over the seven kingdoms. Well, I can tell you something. Jesus is going to come back and he's going to establish his kingdom. How about we talk about the one who really wins the throne? The one who won the throne on the cross. The one who... Because of his work, we found forgiveness for our sins. When we kneel at the cross to ask Jesus into our hearts, we must ask him to forgive us of our sins. And guess what? He does just that. To be forgiven, what joy that gives. Isn't that right? Can I meddle? Well, I've already been doing that, right? Christians need to learn to forgive. My word. There's too many people holding on to unforgiveness. Well, he didn't say he was sorry to me. Okay, so you want to go to hell because you can't forgive them. 
That's their problem. If they can't come up to you and say they're sorry, that's their problem. But Jesus says, if you can't forgive, my Father won't forgive you. <clears throat> we must forgive. Did not Jesus forgive? Oh, my word. When did Jesus die for us? After we were forgiven or before we were forgiven? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we need as Christians to forgive. Isn't that right? I don't care how nasty and how bad they were to you or to me. Forgive them anyway. Why the bitterness get in your heart? Let me tell you something. Unforgiveness will break up friendships. Unforgiveness will keep siblings from talking to each other. Sorry. Unforgiveness. Did you forgive me? Thank you. I just wanted to make sure, because I don't want, you know, I said I was sorry. I, for those who don't know, I kicked her really hard in the shin, and she was so nice not to say, ouch. No, I just kicked her foot on accident. See, if I was like most people, I would say she was trying to trip me. No, she wasn't. She was sitting there innocently doing nothing but sitting there listening to the sermon and I was walking by and I accidentally kicked her foot. So I said, sorry. I don't care if it wasn't my fault that she stuck her foot out just then. No, she didn't. <clears throat> it was an accident, wasn't it? <clears throat> She's just minding her own business, listening to the sermon. You know, going, wow, this is good stuff. I'm glad I came. I'm glad God's touching my heart tonight. And I just walk past and I trip on her foot. And that's after working at Burger King all day. I'll tell you what, if you worked at Burger King, you'd have to learn how to forgive. Especially when the person came up and said you burnt their pickle. Forgiveness is so important for us Christians. My word, I went to Taco John's the other day, got tacos, and there was nothing in them. I'm going, this don't look like the picture. Did I go back and yell at Sam for not making my taco right? I can't make them. I know there was nothing in it! <laughs> Don't you love it? No, I didn't. I just ate my empty shell taco and smiled and said, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for a deficient taco. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, they must have somebody new back there not knowing how much meat and lettuce and goodies to put on it. But when I view the cross, I see our loving Savior. Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Wow. Did you see that? He's the author and finisher of your faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And he sat down at the right hand at the right hand at the throne of God. Oh, what love 
that Jesus has for us to go to the cross, despise the shame, but for the joy that was set for, before him, he endured. Jesus accounted it all joy. Can you comprehend that? I know that's a theme I always come back, and I don't think we comprehend that well enough. If we could comprehend that Jesus counted it all joy, my word, we'd be different kind of Christians. But we don't comprehend what Jesus suffered on that cross for you and I. Oh, we can write descriptions. But unless you actually suffered like Jesus suffered, can you fully comprehend what he went through for you and I? But he did it with joy so we could be saved. Jesus, the, Jesus only Jesus, is the author and finisher of our faith. So, I don't care that they're trying to create Chrislam. Oh my goodness. Yes, they're working on creating Chrislam. Because all roads lead to heaven, don't they? St. <laughs> Francis of Sisi said the last pope that there's a pope that's coming that'll be an antichrist that will lead the church astray. Isn't that interesting? And conservative Catholics feel they have them. Jesus says, I'm the... Robin had to say this on Facebook the other day. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by Jesus. She had to put that on Facebook to somebody the other day. Sorry, there's no other way. Do you ever do that on Facebook? Yes. I might get land you in Facebook jail one day, but don't worry her. They let you out after a while. They put Brother Cossie in Facebook jail the other day because he talked about being pro-life. <sighs> so what? Facebook jail. What's it going to do to you? You just go praise the Lord in a couple of days you're back on Facebook. That's what Facebook jail is. You get kicked off for a while. They won't let anybody see your post or nothing. Oh, stand up for Jesus. Even if they threaten to shut you down on your Twitter feed. Stand up for Jesus even if they threaten to shut you down on Facebook. Stand up for Jesus even though they might... Oh my word. I think his name is Rabbi Levy. He gets so excited about getting persecuted for Jesus over there in Israel. But he sends his people out and they're telling people on the street corners about Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And they go out and he gets persecuted. So, I mean, this guy is a son of a rabbi. And his grandfather was a rabbi. And before that was a rabbi. He's got so many rabbis in his family. And <clears throat> his grandfather and his father were 
on the Sanhedrin there in Israel. Modern day Israel. And he went to rabbi school, became a rabbi, got a certificate, and then he met Jesus and he says, I don't need my rabbi certificate. I'm a, I, I live for Jesus. And he lost a lot of people, but he stands for Jesus and they're winning people left and right for the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you bend a knee at the cross today? Will you bend a knee at the cross at the cross today? Do you like that picture? I don't need to turn off the lights. It is dark like that. Did it that because it's Good Friday. You know, when I was growing up, it seemed like every Good Friday we'd go to church on Good Friday, and it gets so dark outside. In Chicago, we'd always get rain on Good Friday. Didn't you know? And you know, Good Friday gets moved around, and we kids would be wearing our heavy choir robes. And it would always be stifling in the... Oh, why do we have to read, wear these heavy robes? But you know what? We'd walk out of that service going, Jesus died for me. He died for me so I could have heaven as my home. Will you bend a knee at the cross today? Will you serve Him? Will you be thankful as you serve Him? Will you be thankful for even what you're going through right now? Because He's able to give you victory. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Jason, come on. We're going right into communion. Oh, I'm sorry.